You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, where fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany give you the DFS tools to help you lock it in and win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap right here on the line star app it's me it's chris meany breaking down all things dfs and wagering for you right here on the line star app we got so much football to talk about we're coming off a, a, an incredible upset there that i i might add chris meany and i were on both of us discussed on our all-in sports show over on patreon i also discussed at length on the fantasy pros podcast i put it on a video on fan tracks i did this week i talked about it on my black book podcast chris <laughs> It all came around, baby. The Chargers upsetting the Chiefs. I, I'm stoked about that. I feel like Vince McMahon walking down the aisle with his big giant cojones. That's kind of how I feel this morning. You should feel that way, man. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, you lose some. Everybody You're on the wrong said I was side nuts. They said I was nuts, and they're right. I am yeah. right. <laughs> a little nuts. Everyone's going to be a little nuts. Let's get nuts here today. Yeah, you know, I am I was obviously with you on the, on the Chargers. I think we both think that they are the best all around team in the AFC. Certainly I do feel that way. And you know, that was a very impressive win for them in Kansas city and have to start thinking about the chargers having problems or the, the chiefs rather having problems defensively. Uh, but that's a story for another day because you know, that's just one of four games off the main slate, five games off the main slate this week with two on yeah. Saturday, Sunday night game, the Rams, which they're in a really good spot against the Eagles. And then Drew Brees and company up against Cam Newton on Monday night. That's not going to be on the main slate either. So it's an interesting week. And another week with no girly. For right. Game. So we keep going through this. And this is one of these things when you get towards the end there, where you start taking these running backs out there. No Camara, no girly, no McCaffrey this week. Uh, we'll talk about the Saturday games on the main slate too. And we'll talk about the Saturday games too, because I know some of you are going to play that Saturday wrap around in the slate, however you want to do it. So we'll get to the Jets and Houston and Denver and Cleveland. Although, my advice would be maybe just let those hard to reach chips go at the yeah. bottom of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom Chubb, of the Chubb and Lindsay have been guys that we've talked about recently, but yeah, they'll, they won't be on that main slate. Well, week. look, I understand the appeal of Houston defense. I understand uh, like some of the appeal of some of the other pieces in this, but I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I personally think when I look at it, Chris, that I would just leave that alone the Saturday and let it stand on its own. Yeah, it's those sometimes those Saturday games can be much like the Thursday ones that we've seen this year, a little bit low scoring, a different feel for some of these guys. But yeah, the high totals are are not on Saturday. They're on they're on Sunday. We are. And and look, you know, this these are primetime quarterbacks too. No golf, no uh Breeze, no Cam Newton, no so, Watson. No Watson in this one. No and I'll tell you what, no Baker Mayfield too, who's yeah. been a nice little tournament play last few weeks as well. So a lot of changes here. Uh, as we go into week 15, we're hitting our stride here. And as we go through these next couple of weeks, Chris, the one thing I always like to tell people and remind people is the pay lines are going to go up from here because defenses are going to start to check out in the next two weeks or so. So you have a lot of people just not playing anymore. You have a lot of people getting thrown in there. So there's going to be a lot of variance coming. And it's something that you have to account for and understand that if you're playing in tournaments, those numbers are going to go up. So it's a time where you might want to, start pivoting a little bit towards some of the cash games instead, because things are going to get more volatile, especially week 17, which is historically the highest, you know, pay lines that you get in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, week 17 is, you know, we, we joke all the time to don't play week 17 your season-long leagues, but, you know, in DFS, it definitely Well, there's a lot play. of, right, because what happens is it's almost like playing preseason because it you, is, you, it don't really know, you don't know how long these guys are going to play for, how many series some of them are going to take. You don't know what kind of investment you want to make. It's, it's really dart throws. It's really something you got to be careful of. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just like preseason. For those who have played a little preseason TFS, you know, you're you're playing backups. You, you know, third string string guys are coming in there and playing. Like, we're not going to see Todd Gurley again, you know, week 17, whether because all, all the games will actually be on the main slate on Sunday. They all play right around the same time. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting this time of the year. I'm a cash game player this time of the year myself. Like, I, I will sprinkle in a little few tournament lineups here and there. But, uh, you know, this time of the year does get tricky. You're right. Defenses check out sometimes guys who, you know, are, are on teams that are not going to make the playoffs who are dinged up a little bit. All of a sudden we'll see them. The, the snap count gets a little bit fewer or they get shut down and other guys will step up and opportunities will will arise. So it, it's definitely an interesting week and an interesting time of the year. And it's exciting, man. Uh, and, and look, uh, one thing, too, before we move on. As great as Mahomes was, I want to go back to this game, and, and he's been brilliant all year. We we talked this morning on our show about Mahomes and where he stands right now in terms of rookie quarterback seasons. Basically, it's like him and Marino, and and considering Marino did it in the era he did it, it's unbelievable. But right. with Mahomes is doing is fantastic. I don't want to take anything away from him, but it's something you have to keep in mind here. They've lost Hunt. Hill is hurt. Uh, I think that Baltimore pushed them to their limit last week. I saw that. We we saw a little bit of a chink in the armor there. And I think they're a little depleted and that defense who is third worst in the league in terms of total yards given up, they're going to have to outscore everybody going forward. And that's a good thing from a DFS standpoint for the chiefs for the next week or so. But it's something to keep in mind too, where whoever you're, you know, the, the chiefs have, I'm trying to remember who they have next on the schedule. Against Seattle. Seattle's uh, next, right? Seattle, which is not going to be easy. For no, them. not easy at all. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to want some pieces of that Seattle team because it's easy to score on the Kansas City Chiefs, especially late in games. This is something they do. They they let Oakland back in. They were not able to put the Chargers away. They just can't finish. And when you can't finish at home, that's a big, big red flag. And that's something that ownership might be low on because people's idea of the Chiefs as well. They're the Chiefs. They're the best team in the AFC. But at the same time, Chris, from a DFS standpoint, ownership is going to be low potentially against a lot. You know, a lot of people won't think of the Seahawks, but I think Lockett's in play. Wilson's in play. I mean, I might throw the whole kitchen sink at them at some point. Yeah, it's you're right. I mean, not only the third most yards allowed, the most passing yards allowed, and, and right. they struggled against the run. And we've seen that over the past couple of weeks. Even teams getting away from the run have because they've had to pass <laughs> on them because Kansas City's just putting up so many points. I mean, we saw Baltimore really establish that run and do a good job of you know keeping Kansas City off the field. But yeah, Seattle is going to certainly be in play for me uh, next week, and it's going to be a game that Kansas City's going to want to win because you know. They don't want to go to Foxborough. They want to try to keep No, you that. can't want to go to Foxborough. Yeah, no, no, nobody. Like, nobody in their right mind wants to go to Foxborough. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you have to – you, you got to win that game. It's going to be a must-win situation for them, and it's not going to be easy going to Seattle. So, yeah, Russell Wilson, who has been uber-efficient. I'm looking at some of the teams this season who are in the top 10 in points scored, and then I look at yards, passing yards and just total yards of offense. Seattle's one of those teams in the top 10 in terms of points, but near the bottom when it comes to passing yards and total yards. Yes, they've been the best team in the league in running the football, and they've had success that way, but they've been super efficient. So that's one of those matchups where Russell Wilson has been low-priced over the past couple weeks, and then next week, 
will probably want to pay up for him and no matter what the price is because he's going to have to do some chucking. I'm thinking that line next week is going to be like three and a half on the Chiefs side. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you why. I think that's that. You know how I know that's the right number here. because your reaction will just. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like ah, more than a field goal on the road in Seattle. It's that's going to be an, an experience. I think I would take for, Seattle. If that's the number, I would go on the Seattle side for sure. I really would. Uh, Mahomes has had, you know, he went into Denver and, you know, he had a good game, but that was a four-point football game. Uh, I was at the game live in Cleveland where he kind of had his own way, but there were some struggles at times for him there too. This will be a a tough environment for him. I'd say his toughest yet in his career in Seattle. Look, and Chris and I are going to continue to give you the upsets. Don't worry because we've given you every Carolina loss in the last couple of weeks. We've been all over yeah, some of the big Seattle wins too. Cleveland and I'll tell you what, that's right. The Cleveland win. We're getting, we're all over it, baby. And we're going to be all over it this week too. So stick around. We're just getting started here. Joe and Chris right here on the pre-snap. We'll be right back. Week 15 begins right now. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, let's talk about Saturday right now and talk about the Jets hosting the Houston Texans. Uh, Certainly like the Texans defense in this one. This uh, right now, Houston's favored by seven. The number is 41 and a half, which is a bit of a tricky number. Because I, I don't see this one being a huge high scoring affair, but at the same time, 41 and a half, I think is actually a little on the lower side. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I look at the Jets and I just wonder when I see these totals and I see a team like Houston playing the Jets, you know, a good team and a mediocre team and two teams heading in different directions. I wonder if the Jets can put up, say, 14 points. Can they get to that 14 point total? If they can get to that 14 point total, then I feel like it will go over the number because I think Houston could have put up 25 to 30 points. Well, you imagine turnovers range. because there's always been turnovers. Definitely and, Mike turnovers. And, and this is why I think that 41 and a half is not a good number because the potential for a defensive touchdown I think is huge in this game and that and if you think the offense is going to put up 21 then all of a sudden that's potentially 28 when you throw in the defensive touchdown so the Jets don't have to do too much (laughs) in order to hit 41 and a half no they don't and Sam Darnold still leads the league in picks despite missing a few games he's got 15 interceptions (laughs) I love that I love the caveat despite missing a few games he'll lead the league in interceptions his completion percentage is 55 so it's it's not a good spot for him despite being at home and you look at the running back situation yeah Isaiah Corral is not somebody you're going to think about in DFS but he's not going to play either and this is a team uh, in Houston that doesn't give up anything on the ground they're one of the best teams got Elijah McGuire out there but I don't think I'm excited about him Lamar Miller's been steady if you're playing just the Saturday Saturday games together. Lamar Miller is kind of the floor cash game play here. Uh, but that's kind of the, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on these Saturday no. games, but I do want to mention them. All right. Cleveland at Denver. Uh, the number is 45 and a half. Denver's favorite at home by two and a half. And, you know, I've been very much on the Cleveland bandwagon. Everybody knows that, but I actually, I think this is a tough spot for them. Uh, Denver's always a tough spot to go in and win. Just ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, but I would say that Denver gets back on track this week. The Cortland Sutton injury last week, I think hurt them offensively. Uh, they just really depleted in wide receiver. But I, I think that personally, I think Denver does clear this. I think they clear that two and a half, the 45. Eh. I, I like the under here. You like the under here. Yeah. yeah I'm kinda, I, eh, 
about this one? Yeah, it, you know, originally this opened up as three and a half Denver, and I jumped on Cleveland. I, I, I thought that's would, this would be a field goal game, so I, I got Cleveland at plus three and a half. And yeah, it was at four. Now it's down at two and a half. Yeah. yeah. So now that I see the two and a half, I'm I'm more inclined. If I was to make the bet now, it would probably be on Denver. But uh, I think Cleveland can keep this close, keep it a field goal game. And yeah, Denver had that rough game in San Fran, but you're right. They're, they're a much better football team at home. I think they can establish the run against the Browns. I think they could have some success on the ground with Philip Lindsay and Deshaun Hamilton is, is a player as well as somebody who led Denver in, in targets. He was they, right there with Tim Patrick in terms of catches. So if you are playing a Saturday slate with just those two games or, or wrapping everything around, I think Deshaun Hamilton is somebody to think about at least in tournaments. He's, he's certainly affordable on both DraftKings and on FanDuel. Yeah. All right. Let's get over now to Sunday's the main slate here. And uh, look, I want to talk about the running backs first off and we'll start with Barkley here in this Giants game against Tennessee. We know we have Derrick Henry coming off that enormous, ridiculous game, which was great fun. The Giants are bad against the run. <laughs> we all know that. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and it's funny to me because when you look at it right now with so many of the big time backs, not on this main slate and even some of the secondary guys like, you know, some you know, Chubb and some other players like that that you like. And obviously Gordon wasn't playing this week. Uh, you know, so right now it's kind of, it's very much have or have not at running back again, which was very similar to last week. Barkley's been absolutely brilliant. I, I just, what he's done with the opportunities he's had is just remarkable. Every week he, to me, he gets closer and closer to challenging Gurley for that spot next year. It's still Gurley, but I think Saquon's going to be right there with him next year. And he's still my number two overall. Looking at this game ahead, it's the Giants favored by one and a half. The number's 43. I think this is going to go over the 43, without a doubt. I think this is not going to be a defensive game at all. And I think it's going to be another game where they finally continue to give Derrick Henry more touches, and he's going to get over 15 carries again. Yeah, well, we talked about that when Henry gets 17 carries or 3-0. and And how about the last three times he's just had double-digit carries? They've won those three games as well. And and we mentioned, you know, on our All-In Sports show as well, you know, earlier in the week, uh, you know, after that big performance last Friday, we were talking about this time last year was when Henry kind of took over that backfield and was getting more play and DeMarco Murray was nicked up and had some injury issues. And even if you just take away those four rushing touchdowns from Derrick Henry in that one game, he still had five in his previous six leading up to that. So he was finding the end zone at least. So I know he was very touchdown dependent, but he at least getting those looks inside the goal line. And you're right. Uh, we all know how much the Giants run defense struggle since they've traded Damon Harrison away. And, and you can't look at last week. That was just Mark Sanchez. That was just stacking the box <laughs> against Mark Sanchez. And Adrian didn't do yeah. anything. But, Joe, I got the numbers right in front of me here. Week 13, Howard, 76 rushing yards. Cohen, over 180 yards. Week 12, Adams, Josh Adams, Eagles, 84 yards. Peyton Barber had over 100 yards. Week 11, Matt Breda had over 100 yards. Week 10 and AP had 149 week eight so i like henry he's he's definitely affordable on both sites on DraftKings, he stands out for me at five thousand dollars and if you go look over on FanDuel, he's sixty one hundred dollars and then there's you mentioned barkley do you know the fewest yards he's gotten in a game this year is 94 i was just gonna say i think it's in the 94 90s. yeah i mean it's this just... guy turns out 100 yards every single week and earlier on the year it was just catching it was it was only catching. It was just receiving yards. He wasn't getting that hundred yard mark on on the ground. But over his last four games, he's hit that century mark on the ground as well. One hundred seventy, one twenty five, one hundred one, one forty two. Not to mention all the work that he gets in the passing game. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. I mean, if if Barkley wasn't playing on such a crap team, 
it'll be a very different discussion yeah. about Barkley right now. And that's, a, that's and probably no Beckham this week either. Yeah, no and, and possibly no Beckham too. Yeah, and and I, without Beckham, I, I still say the Giants. I, I still say the forty-three and a half is a number that this crushes. I just, yeah. I, I don't know why. There's so many opportunities for this game to get wacky. <laughs> I just, oh, definitely. You got Barkley, you got Henry, you got bad defense on the Giants side. You got them coming off a game where they just blew out Washington. This game could get so wacky. I just don't see a chance where the one scenario where everything just really comes down, it's all low scoring and terrible, and it hits 43. I don't see that happen. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm on Tennessee. I think that they get this on the road. I, I know that they're sometimes when you think. No, I think they take care of business here. Yeah. For me, I feel like when I have a grasp on Tennessee, I don't. Like, you know, they win it against New England. Wow. Okay. That's if anybody me. out there has a grasp on Tennessee, please. <laughs> yeah. Please no kidding. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you here. I, I I will admit, honestly, I feel like I'm on the wrong side of them more often than not. But this is a, this is a game that is a must win situation for them. I'll be there with you this week. I'll hold hands on the top of yeah. their mountain. Let's, hoping that Tennessee can actually. Yeah. Take the Titans on the money line here as road dogs. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's go to Tampa at Baltimore here. Uh, the number is 46 and a half. Baltimore favored by seven and a half which I think is a pretty good number. I think that's actually uh, pretty decent here. Uh, look, Tampa, Tampa can score. The trouble with Tampa is turnovers. And I think that's the thing that when I look at this from a Baltimore standpoint, I, I find it really hard to believe that Tampa can win this football game and, and pull off a huge upset. I know they've pulled one off before against Carolina, which we talked about here on the show. <laughs> but still, uh, I think the Baltimore one, that's, that's one that's out. This is a big game for Baltimore. They almost beat the Chiefs. I think they're a very confident team right now. Uh, my question to you is, Kenneth Dixon's involvement, is there enough there to get excited about uh, for him, or do you think it's just still too much of a question mark and too muddy of a scenario? So definitely not in cash. I had this conversation with the footballers on the on the DFS podcast on, on Thursday. Not enough in, to trust him in cash, because I, I do feel like it still is a, a committee between him and Gus Edwards and Ty Montgomery. And but. You know, Dixon is trending up and Edwards is trending down. He's seen a decline now in a couple straight weeks with his with his carries. He has no catches in his four starts. So they're almost tipping their hand when when they have him on the field is something that we talk about as well on all in sports. But for Kenneth Dixon, I was really impressed. Let's there's no question he's the most talented out of the three. So it's never been about talent. He could take over. It's just been about health. But what I noticed last week in some red zone looks and that that's encouraging to me. He has a couple catches over the past couple weeks. He converted in a red zone look for for a touchdown. And you look at his price on DraftKings, and you see thirty five hundred dollars. That's somebody that I'm willing to roll the dice on in a, in a tournament, no question about it. Because I do think that they'll continue to run the football. That's going to be their game plan. And you mentioned how strong their defense is, especially at home, Joe, where Winston does turn the ball over. This is a good spot for the Ravens and just continue to lean on the run. This could be the breakout game that we've been waiting for for Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, it could be. And I'd like to see that, but I'm with you 100%. I'm just hesitant still. It's a tournament thing. At, it's at a tournament day. thing at best, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other side, too, Humphreys is a guy who's been catching touchdowns like crazy. I know Brayton had one last week, too, but I think if there's one guy on the Tampa side, if I'm if I'm still in belief of, it's still Humphreys because of where he plays and his role in the offense right now, and the touchdown upside he brings. He got what, what like six touchdowns in the last eight games, so he's been a guy that no matter what the scenario was, he's been productive. And I think as a safety net in this game with pass rush and things like that with Winston, I do think Humphreys can still be. Whereas I'm not going for Evans or anybody else. No, Humphreys is the one guy that I still think in that offense you can justify as a one off. 
Yeah, he's been he's been really consistent. We talked about him last week. You know, nobody had more touchdowns than him since week nine. It's like and him and Amari Cooper right now. Yeah, him and who, Amari. Who'd have thought that's the discussion we're having here, December fourteenth? It's all yeah. about Amari Cooper and Adam Humphreys right now, guys. Yeah, no kidding. And there was a four-week stretch where Humphreys had led his team in catches and yards and touchdowns, and I tweeted that, and everyone's like, ah, you know, it's just two games. But he's, he's been the most consistent wide receiver, really, in Tampa Bay, and he hasn't had those big games like Mike Evans. And, you know, Chris Godwin has been really good, especially inside the red zone. But you're right. Humphreys has just had this role all year long, and it's in him and Jameis have – they're on a they, they, they're on the same page. That's for sure. Jameis looks his way. Um almost more than Evans what I've seen over the past few games. So I, I think Humphreys is an underrated, you know, tournament option. If you're, if you're thinking, cause I don't think anybody will be on him this week. All right. Here's one that I've really got my sights on. It's the green Bay Packers going to Chicago. Now I know Chicago's coming off a huge win, big time, primetime game against the Rams. And that was one we saw coming too. We talked about that one. We, I was all over the, the bears in that game. Everyone thought I was nuts. And I said, well, let's let the LA boys go to, 30 degree Chicago at night and beat that defense. I just didn't think they could do it. I didn't think they would do it as well as they did. (laughs) So I'm not going to go that far and toot that horn, but uh, that's one, especially in the black book. I was uh, talked at length about now here's the uh, the flip side is now you got Aaron Rodgers, Who's plenty used to the cold. Aaron Rodgers, plenty used to these in division games. Aaron Rodgers already beat the bears once before. Now granted this, that's the game where Khalil Mack came out in the second half and Aaron Rodgers was all hyped on whatever goofballs they gave him to come back out and play after he got hurt. But still this number right here is 45. The bears are favored by six in this one. And green Bay is not a good football team. However, it's an division game. I think green Bay gets up for this one. I think the bears have a little bit of a letdown after that huge primetime game. I'm not saying they're going to sleepwalk through this game, but I think they might sleepwalk a little through the first half. And I think they're going to keep this closer than six. I really do. I don't think that six number is great at all. I think Green Bay is going to do enough in this game to keep it close. What do you think? You read my articles on FantraxHQ.com. Boom. Bears straight up, Packers against the spread. And I actually have the under. I feel like this is a 23-20 game, and I know that's really close to the under. I don't want to say it's a complete letdown spot for the Chicago Bears because no, they're, they're still at home. They're well coached. Game. They're, but, yeah, right. They're well coached. Yeah. They're big pitcher here. Um, but you're right about Mac. Um, he's a player and for Aaron Rodgers, again, it's, it's almost like we're repeating ourselves here, but the numbers still stay true. He still hasn't thrown over two passing touchdowns since week five. He's been held under 200 yards passing in three of his past five games. This is not a good spot for him, but no. I do feel like this will be, <laughs> what do we always say? The same thing. Devonte Adams and nobody else. Yeah, Devonte Adams, nobody else. Again, untouchable. And you just look at this Bears team and number one against the run, number one against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. And Pro Football Focus has them as the best coverage defense. You look at some of the defensive backs that they have over the top twenty graded guys in Pro Football Focus. They have three of them, and it's it, their defense is legit. It's for real. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had success against this team. I know it's a little bit different, but they also feel like they are alive because mathematically they are alive. When you're seeing teams in the hunt, like the Vikings struggling, firing their offensive coordinator, the Eagles guys dropping, dismiss Carson Wentz. These Carolina Panthers lost what four or five in a row. These are teams that are in the hunt for a wild card spot. So the bears or the Packers do feel like they're still in it. They'll keep this game close. This is a divisional game that I feel like will be a field goal football game. And the other point too, I want to make is Trubisky still not a hundred percent. Trubisky is a guy that I've been very into all year in terms of DFS was running a lot too. Trubisky is still not a hundred percent. And I don't know if he will be the rest of the season. We'll find out, but from a DFS standpoint, this is a game. I think you put more on the wagering side than on the DFS side. 
I don't think yeah. there's anything that's very clear where you like any of the matchups here. This could be one of those brutal, classic old NFC in 17-16 kind of games, for all I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I decided... That's how I honestly feel. And, you know, the, the one guy I feel strong about in Chicago is Tariq Cohen. I just, he's just, they just find a way to get him involved. And he's just, he's a game changer. So, yeah, he's the most. Not one in cash. It, after not. Adams, it's, it's Cohen. I think yeah. those are the two most of Because I think sure. Adams can overcome anything. That's how good Adams is. And, how can, and he's proven it. And that's why, you know, Bears are not Bears. He's a guy that shows up every single week. And therefore, I feel good about it. It's not great, but I feel good about him. All right, let's talk about another game where nobody feels good about. Detroit at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by two. Oh, I love it. Another one. If you, if I told you on December 14th, Buffalo at home <laughs> against Detroit would be favored by two, you'd probably say it was a little, you know, a little... Out to lunch. A little out to lunch, a little too much <laughs> of a cough medicine or something like that. But look, Buffalo's defense has played well. Yeah. Third straight week for Josh Allen, averaging 100 yards on the ground. Now, granted... In order for him to keep hitting fantasy returns, he's got to hit that number. But to me, I think Detroit's a team that, you know, you could still do that against. I really do. I know they got better with Harrison, but they're still not great. No. I don't know. I, I, I believe in the Buffalo defense. I believe in Josh Allen. And then the rest of it, you can keep. <laughs> yeah i want nothing to do with this game outside of those two things yeah you're right i mean the defense is is legit we've been talking about them for weeks you know, we yeah. all year i've been talking about the buffalo bills defense if they ever got a, a real running game going i know that's <laughs> that's the thing because the fewest yards allowed the fewest passing yards allowed 185 passing that's yards crazy. allowed that's what this defense allows and they're much better at home joe they're i have like so much idp shares of of that secondary in buffalo Oh man, because, and, and the Galladay's got to go up against White this week is another tough oh, matchup. That, oh. that secondary in Buffalo, from the safeties to the corners, is just going into the year. Something I talked with Gary Davenport about, and I like I had so many shares of them in, in drafts, and I just said, "Look, I just love these guys. They tackle. They do. They're like the antithesis of the Falcons. <laughs> like, what, yeah. you know, like you know, the Falcons just don't tackle anybody. These guys are tackle monsters, and yeah. that, that's why they hold that number to even when they do get completions against them. Nobody's getting yards after carry on." No, nobody yeah, is. I should say. Yeah, um, Tremaine Edmonds is is a is a definite player. Is an IDP guy. I have on, on my season long format, well over a hundred points for me in, in my setting. And you mentioned Allen, just the way he runs. I mean, at least twenty fantasy points in three straight games. He's got seventy seven over that span. And if you're just talking about other players in general, he's a top. Like if you include just all the running backs and the rushing ability and what they've done over the past three weeks, Allen is a top ten guy in terms of just yards on the ground so i i think that's going to continue he's got 16 red zone rushing attempts that's only three behind LaShawn mccoy who's questionable to play in this game and he just it is not watching buffalo it's it's not always design runs it's just available to him oh yeah and he just takes it because he's he's very explosive stop fumbling and stop turning the ball over that's what's hurting him is the turnovers that's that's what hurts him he's got three fumbles and four picks in the last couple games so you got to put joshy Listen to me. You got to yeah. protect the football a little bit Some more. Of those but, throws he makes across. But despite the that, he's still hitting 20 plus. Yeah. So imagine I, if he has a game where he's just pretty much the same guy and he doesn't turn the ball over. That's a 30 point day. <laughs> it, it really is. And, you know, I, I've been playing him over the past couple of weeks in cash. And I know that seems crazy, but he's, he's extremely affordable. And there's, I don't think it's that, crazy. There's yeah, there I've had success with, by doing it and you know there's there's just a floor there a safety floor now he's not going to rush for over 100 every single week but if for the people who are listening that like to have prop bets i mean his his rushing total last week was 40 he had that on the first drive last week so he mm-hmm. he already topped that is he's gonna hit 
anywhere from, I would say, again, another 40 to, I think I would go as high as 100, but I think safe is 70. He's going to, he's going to, it's like starting with a touchdown or two in your lineups when you're, when you're playing him. So there's that nice safety floor there. And if you want to play him in tournaments, you want to get a little bit nuts, pair him up with Robert Foster, somebody who's hit 100 yards in three of his last four games. They cut Calvin Benjamin, they cut Andre Holmes, Detroit ranks 31st against pass. So actually, this is not a bad spot for, Allen to maybe get a couple touchdowns yeah all right we're gonna hit a break when we come back it's gonna get a little ugly here for a while we've got some games that are really kind of you just want to hold your nose but we're gonna plow through anyway because we're tough guys and that's what we do here so more pre-snap right after this the pre-snap podcast is brought to you by line star transparent projections simplified research advanced signals and top rated apps dominate dfs download for free at linestarapp.com all right chris you ready you got your boots on to truck through the muck here because we got oakland at cincinnati cincinnati's favored by three oakland raiders have put up some points lately so the number's 46 now cincinnati can't stop anybody oakland can't stop anybody (laughs) but i look at that 46 and i go you know what I think you go over. I yeah. really do. Yeah, I, I, do I actually think Oakland wins this game. Yeah, oh, they could definitely win this football game. I'm not going to say that they're not. I mean, just because Cincinnati's at home, favored by three, doesn't you know I mean, make Martin's me been enough. solid, but uninspiring. He's been really. He has been solid, though. You're solid, right. Like he's not firing. Yeah, he's not getting there. those carries. Like if he, if he give Martin 25 carries, he would he would get over well over 100 yards. Well, I mean, cars played better too. Who'd have thought that like you move Amari Cooper? off the team and Carr gets better and Cooper gets better. It's kind of funny. Like, you know, when you think about that, yeah. but uh, Joe Mixon's have been very good to you down the stretch. I love Mixon this week. I think he's priced incredibly well for a return on investment against Oakland. So uh, Mixon's one of these guys I definitely have my eye on, but I mean, I look at that 46 and I don't see how it doesn't hit that number. Yeah, I think it goes over. And, you know, in terms of just attacking that main slate and looking at the totals, I mean, we'll get to one in a little bit, but uh, that 46 is, is the fourth highest on the board. And it could rise. I mean, Tampa's at 46 and a half. That could come down and, and Oakland could rise. And I think it's a it's an underrated game that, you know, maybe not a lot of people want to play in DFS because they look at Oakland and they look at Cincy and they're like, ah, you know, Jared Cook, whatever. Well, he's got 100, 100 yards in two straight games. Uh, Jordy Nelson. Well, he's got 18 targets and 16 catches in his last two games. So these guys are getting some volume and some work. And it's a good call by you on Mixon. I don't fully understand the price on DraftKings. He's going to be 78 on, on FanDuel when it's not, it's not impossible, especially when you consider that really the only two big guys on the slate are Elliot and Barkley right now. Yeah. Barkley, Elliot and Fournette ahead of them on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, there's Fournette. I'm not thrilled about about their, their ability to score touchdowns right now. There's (laughs) I agree. There's seven running backs ahead of price high, higher than Joe Mixon on DraftKings. He's $6,100. So he is just somebody that I've, when I put together my lineups, he's almost the first guy that I put in there. Uh, And he's coming off a career high, 26 carries and 31 touches career high. So they're going to feed, continue to feed him the ball. Oakland's given up the second most rushing yards and the second most points. It's going to be high scoring. Yeah. I I don't see. I I look at that number. I saw it. I said, Really? Uh, 46. Okay. I think this is, uh, <laughs> I think you're underselling how bad these defenses the are. The two worst defenses in football. Yeah. And they're going to they go are. against it. And not, not that, you know, I mean, it's not, no, it's not Andy Dalton on the other side, but look, I think they can, I think they can hang a little bit. I think it's just going to be sloppy. And I think sloppy games always end up with big totals because you're talking about 
special teams hiccups. You're talking about interceptions, a couple turnovers. Hiccups. So yeah, it's it's gonna be some wack. This, this is gonna be a wacky game, that's for yeah. sure. All right, let's go to Arizona at Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by ten in this one, and I don't know. I this is one that I have a hard time with because it's a lot Atlanta of is ugh, they're just and and look, Arizona's no good either. But as Arizona did a couple weeks ago, go into Green Bay and whoop them. The number is 44. It's another number that terrifies me. I'm just, I just never, you want to talk about not knowing Tennessee. I don't know what Atlanta is right now. I don't think they know what they are right now. It, they're, they're tough to figure out. And Arizona too. I mean, that was a game that I thought last week against Detroit at home, especially after that win at Lambeau, that they would be, that they could hang with Detroit. And they did hang with Detroit and it, and it ended up being just a turnover. I think it was a pick six from Darius Slay. He returned and that, and that was it. That was basically the only scoring in that game. And I, I just don't know where their offense is going to come from. I like David Johnson, but he's been nicked up this week with a, with a quad injury. You know, Atlanta gave up the most catches last year. They're giving up the most catches this year to, to, running backs so I think Johnson could be in play he just had a game where he had 10 targets and eight catches but other than that I mean you look at Julio he's got to deal with Patrick Peterson maybe you want to sprinkle in a little Calvin Ridley in tournaments it's a good matchup on the ground to run but Tevin Coleman has been very disappointing you don't know if they're going to go to Ito Smith with Coleman being an unrestricted free agent Ito Smith coming off a career high in terms of carries and usage so it's just it's it's honestly a game I I don't have a, a huge feel for but if I was to side, I, I may just go with Arizona and the points here as as a game that I think could be low scoring and maybe a you know maybe a twenty one fourteen game and that would be enough to cover. I know David Johnson got some practice limited in. He's dealing with a quadriceps injury. Uh, what are your thoughts on him this week? I know we had Chase Edmonds show up a couple of weeks ago and kind of just infuriate everybody. But this is a matchup to you. And I always every week I I troll the Atlanta Falcons here on this program. I've been doing it for fifteen weeks now. And for every running back, and so far, it's been right. Just about, what, like 14 out of the 15 times or so. Uh, so here we are again. And, I mean, David Johnson's another one. Where I think the ownership's low, but the upside's there. And I think it might be one that's flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, and I would I would agree. Uh, you know, as I was saying, is you know they give up the most catches the backs last year and this year. They ranked thirty first against the run, according to Football Outsiders. And for DJ, yeah, the ceiling may not be there where you know he could win you a tournament, but he does have that potential in him. And I, what I look at is he's got at least nineteen touches in six straight games. That's good enough for me to assume that he's going to get nineteen touches against this leaky Falcons defense. Eight catches on ten targets last week, season high for him. I understand that Edmonds can come in and maybe steal a goal line touch from him, but I, I think he's in a good spot. I think he'd be underrated in tournaments. And I think honestly, you could roll him out there in cash if you want. I, I do feel safer about Barkley and Elliott uh, and Mixon, but I think DJ is somebody that you could get behind. Uh, he's, he stand, his price stands out on both FanDuel and DraftKings and the matchup is fine. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's uh, move on here. It's not getting much better. Miami at Minnesota here. Minnesota's favored by seven and a half, which takes a lot of balls because I'll tell you what, it's not that Miami's a good football team so much as Minnesota. I feel like they're a little defeated right now. I feel like they're a team that's gotten punched in the mouth all year. They've had a ton of tough losses on the road. They have that tie in Green Bay. They had that loss to the Rams. They lost last week. They're just a team. I feel like the schedule has not been kind to them. And they're limping into the end of the season. And I look at that seven and a half, and I'll tell you what, I don't buy that number for a second. I think that Miami can keep this one close enough. I really do. Talked about last week on this very show, we talked about, you know, the, the Pats potentially losing that game in Miami. We didn't like that number either. Turns out Miami just straight up won. Now they won on a fluky play. And in all fairness, 
Brady did play better in the heat than I ever would have thought. So I will, you know, we talk about, we, we want to toot our horns more, right? We were definitely wrong there. Brady played well, but guess what? They still lost anyway. Yeah, we were on Miami. So we were right in wrong at the same time, but I don't know, man. I look at that seven and a half number in this game and I'm kind of, uh, you know, concerned to say the least here. Yeah, the Vikings shouldn't be favored by more than a touchdown against anybody, really. Um, if it we were see- seven, maybe different, but seven. Yeah, and a half. the seven and a half, and and it's crazy how much that half point will does make a difference. It's two scores, and 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 Miami has played well against you know everybody this year. Basically, they've been in in a lot of football games, and Minnesota has. You're right. They haven't impressed. You know, they had that game at home against Buffalo where they're home favorites and they got crushed in that game. I like them in a bounce back spot. I like a lot of their weapons in tournaments. I think Kirk Cousins, I mean, John Filippo, you, you fire him and, and potentially there could be a spark in the offense here. But I look at Cousins, I look at Minnesota's, the team implied total of 27 and a half. It's the highest team implied total of the week. Surprisingly, it's it's tied with a few teams. Now, New England is there. Atlanta's there at 27 and a half. Baltimore is at 27 and a half. But I feel like this is a slight bounce back spot for Kirk Cousins. I mean, Adam Thielen had zero targets in the first half last week. That's unacceptable. It was a tough matchup that everybody saw on primetime in Seattle. Recency bias is, is definitely going to be in play here. I, I also like... Dalvin Cook. Uh, I know the offensive line has not been great, but Joe, he's coming off 13 carries last week is the most he's seen since week one. I know he's been in and out of the lineup all year long, but now he's starting to string together. There are a couple good games. He's got three solid fantasy games in a row, at least 15 points, 139 rushing yards on 21 carries in his last two games, 13 catches on 17 targets. And this is a good spot against Miami. They've allowed the third most rushing yards, the fourth most total yards in football. So I think Cook could be an underrated tournament play. And I'm going to go to Cousins and Thielen this week. I think it's going to be a stack that I'm going to have in tournaments. And I agree with you. Miami's going to keep this close, but I think Minnesota is going to be much better on offense with this coaching change. Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with everything you said. I just, that it's that, that's that half. It's that's tough to feel about. great about them. It's tough to feel <laughs> great about them. They really are because they keep letting you down every turn. And uh, you know, part of it, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of overconfidence. I think when they got cousins, everybody thought, Hey, this is yeah. it. It's over now. And They've been right in there a lot, but you know, at a certain point you keep losing, you keep losing, you keep coming up on the wrong side of things. And it just, it takes its toll. And I think it's yeah. taking its toll on the Vikings. You can see it in the body language in some teams sometimes where you just, they feel defeated. I think they are. And they're limping to the finish line here and it's not going to be good. And I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs. They're not winning those games against those 500 teams. Those teams right. above 500. Kirk Cousins has struggled over the course of his career. We gave him a pass and went in Washington with all the injuries in the offensive line, but he has no excuses really this year. No, he doesn't. He right. has. His, there's no excuses. And, the and I had very high expectations for Cousins. I thought he was out of a great. I thought he was basically like Kirk Cousins unbridled. He was going to have in the full reign. He wasn't going to have any of the contract issues and nonsense. He was on a great team with a great situation and a really good defense. And I thought he was just going to run with it. And you know what? It just, it's been a little. And it started that way though, didn't it? Like we, I'm looking at the game log week two, 425 passing yards, four touchdowns week four, 422 yards, three passing touchdowns. Maybe you just go back to letting them sling the ball. And that's the thing. I feel like they've tried to make it more balanced and it hasn't worked. So go back to what was working and stop, you know, stop worrying if he turns the ball over. That's always been Kirk Cousins. He's going to make a bad throw every, you know, six times, (laughs) but you know what? The the other five are going to be worth it. So I wonder, I wonder that too as well. And I think we'll see what they want to do if if Zimmer wants to establish a run game, if he wants to get back to his old ways of playing that playing that kind of football. But uh, I think it'll be it'll be telling here over these next two weeks and winnable matchups against Miami and Detroit. So we'll see what kind of offense they're gonna they're gonna roll. 
All right, this is a big game. This is the show me game here uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about it earlier, and now it is here. They travel to Indianapolis. Indy's favored by three. 47 and a half is the number here. Uh, Lux played very well this year outside of that one shutout game in Jacksonville. He's played very well, especially in the last eight games or so. And Dallas has been excellent. I'm not trying to take away anything from Dallas. Prescott's really found himself here. Still better fantasy lines than actual football play. I just think we could all agree on that. Yeah. As, as good as the finished product is sometimes for Prescott, I think we can all say there's times we're still lacking. But Amari Cooper's been brilliant. Elliot's been brilliant. I like both of them in this game. They're still good investments. Cooper's still very undervalued. On yeah. FanDuel, Cooper's just 6,600. I don't know how you do that. I don't understand it either. You know, he's got up near the 7,000. He's up at the $7,000 mark on DraftKings, but he's still not in that elite tier, $7,500. But yeah, Cooper is... I put together some FanDuel lineups and it's like every single time. And and what he's done in the, in the six games, he's averaging 8.8 targets, 6.6 catches, 107 yards in those six games. He's just been, we, we've mentioned this every single week with him. It's He never had any red zone looks. He wasn't targeted once this season on opening drive for the Oakland right. Raiders. And he's just, that's not the case here in Dallas. They run the ball with Zeke. They throw the ball to Cooper. And Those, I think this going goes over, this goes over the 47 and a half, I think for sure. Yep. Inside a dome. Inside yeah. a dome, this this could be the highest scoring football game this week. And on this, game. and I know Dallas has played well on defense. Van Der Esch has been huge lately, but at the same time, this is Andrew Luck now. This is yeah. a situation where they're really rolling. And now I know Ty still banged up, but he was banged up last week and he had 190 yards. So let's not overrate the Ty injury quite yet. Let's see where things go. I know it's only Friday when we're recording, but keep that in mind. Let's go over to Washington at Jacksonville gross another one <laughs> where i just i can't uh the, the, you got josh johnson <laughs> you got cody kessler That's what I, just, <laughs> I know i shouldn't laugh but um give me it's the rough. final score in this game go ahead chris give me give it six three <laughs> i'm gonna say 14 10, 10, 9 <laughs> 14 3 14 6 i was gonna say that's, 10, 6. that's giving him a lot i don't know yeah. I, I don't feel no, like i gotta say a pick six lower. we'll get a pick six here from from jacksonville we'll we'll get a pick six i don't know man we'll, that'll be jacksonville's favored by seven and a half i think you can throw that out of the <laughs> yeah no, the, the no, totals no. for 36 i'll take the under on the <laughs> I'll take the under in Washington as well. I do have some interest in Fournette a little bit just because of, you know, he laid that egg last week. And I do feel like Washington will have a hard time moving the football. Jackson will as well. Um, But Fournette may find himself in a spot where he just, what I like about Fournette is it's just guaranteed touches and guaranteed opportunity. And I I I just worry about the upside with touchdowns for him with this rest of this offense. Like as good as good as he is, I just I don't know. No, I agree. Like (sighs) the the ceiling is 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 not all that high. But Jacksonville is miserable. This is a miserable situation. I I don't think there's any way Marone is coach at the end of the year. I just no. I I've changed my tune on him too. I have. I I see the body language on the. Yeah, I see the body language with him and some of his players over the past couple weeks and. Yeah, I think originally a few weeks ago he had an excuse with Blake Bortles. I don't think there's one anymore. I think he's I think he's lost a little bit of his locker room, man. Um, I think I, you could roll out Jacksonville defense. You know, one thing I didn't bring up with Chicago, now they're priced appropriately with their defense on DraftKings. I think they are the fifth highest priced defense on FanDuel. They're the eleventh highest priced defense. Yeah, thirty seven hundred dollars. Way too That's much. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen hundred dollars cheaper than a guy, than Baltimore. So I think that they're giving Rodgers a little bit too much respect. It's I think Jacksonville and Chicago are solid defenses this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I am with you hundred percent on that one. All right, let's go to Seattle at San Francisco. This is a, this is a must 
win for Seattle and a, and a should win. And I think will win the number is 44. They're favored by three and a half. I think they're going to cover that number easily. I don't know why it's so low. You know, Joe, it opened up at six and a half. I don't know why it changed. So much. I don't know like, what's going on. It, this well, the only thing I can think of is it, they're, they're really starting to take into account last week's San Francisco performance had, had to have quite, and maybe Seattle's maybe Russell Wilson because he didn't look good against Minnesota, but it's not the same why. defense. It's not the same. I mean, if, yeah. if there's any opportunity here to buy back in on Seattle, it's buying back in hard on Wilson after the down game ownership will be low. Okay. Uh, you know, and all you got to do if you're Seattle is guard Kittle. I mean, that's all you got to do. That's right. what they couldn't do last week. And there's George Kittle catching balls. And no one's with the, I mean, no one's in the same zip code as him. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got one job. Stop George Kittle. Why can't you stop George Kittle? I, I, I don't know. But at any rate, I, I just don't see San Francisco being able to hang with Seattle. They're just a tough football team right now. And I think they cover the three and a half. The 44, that's one where I'm kind of meh on because I just – you don't know what you're going to get San Francisco wise. This is a team that could cut out and put up three and it could have come out and put up 30. And I just, you never know who's going to show up, but I don't think that 30 shows up. So for me, this is a tougher one. I actually would stay away from that number, but I would take Seattle to cover the three and a half. Yeah. I feel strong about Seattle covering the three and a half. They crushed San Fran earlier in the year. I know it was in Seattle, but they had their way with them pretty easily. Yeah, and I, another points. big game from Lockett too. I see another Lockett game here. Yeah. I mean, it's a touchdown every other game from him and more so games with touchdowns than games without touchdowns yeah. Tyler Lockett Doug Baldwin is is not a factor I don't even know if he's going to play in this game I would say he doesn't play in this game surprisingly Nick Mullins had 414 passing yards two weeks ago when these two teams played but that was a lot of garbage time yeah um, which is fine there's nothing wrong with that it no, all counts. no we 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 count we're all right with garbage time it, it mm-hmm. counts all the same but uh, I don't think he'll have that kind of success again you're right stop Kittle and that's about it but that's you know that's that's hard to do, actually. The, you yeah. know, Kittle is Kittle's a superstar in the making. He really is. At least four yeah. catches in 12 of his 13 games this year. But Seattle, three and a half. I'm going to lock that one in. All right, let's go to the big one, the primetime. New England at Pittsburgh here. Let's talk about this game, the last of the Sunday games. And look, it's uh, looking at this one, it's 52 is the number. New England's favored by three, even though it's on the road. And that's because historically, New England tends to win these games. And that's because the Steelers forever play a soft zone and Tom Brady picks them apart and they don't make adjustments. And that's what happens. Now, Pittsburgh, I know deep down, they really want this game. They want it bad, but the inconsistencies they have shown, it's hard to believe that they can beat new England outright at home right now. That's, that's just where I am right now. And, yeah. and it's not because I'm a new England fan. It's because, and, and, and no, you'll say, you'd say how, what? Oh, yeah. And, and I wouldn't be sure going to go into Miami and struggle. Yeah. yeah. It would not shock me if Pittsburgh won this game. Because New England has been inconsistent at times too, especially on the road. So it's it's not shocking to me either way, but if if you were putting money on this game, it would be hard for me not to think that New England can clear that three and win this game. Yeah, it, it, honestly, this is one I'm going to stay away from. I It's hard for me as well to pick Pittsburgh because of what I've seen over the past few weeks. It always seems to be something. Mm-hmm. Big Ben is not 100% healthy. They lose James Conner, who's most likely not going to play in this football game. You're seeing they put a linebacker on Keenan Allen for the entire game, and he eats them up. They've struggled in the slot all year long. It just seems, it just, Joe, it just seems to be something, whether it's whether it's Tomlin and, and the defense not on the same page, whether them jumping offside three times in a row, whether it's their kicker slipping and falling on a game tying field goal it just always seems to be something with this team right now and i i just new england has that tough loss they've had success against the steelers gronk has ate them up brady is has ate them up how about julian edelman playing in the slot this week against this team and well there's one guy i love in this game uh, it's edelman <clears throat> yeah, because you know sure. as, 
I love White and I love Edelman on the Patriots side of this one, and especially Edelman because of that soft zone. And that's that thing where he's just going to sit in. He's going to find the spots and sit down there, and he's going to catch footballs. He's probably going to have seven or eight catches in this game easily. Easily, for sure. And and I think that that kind of volume is something you want. Now, the problem is what's the touchdown upside? Eh, It's not great. No, but that's the thing that you're looking for, especially in the full PPR side. Yeah. And in cash, like you can play Edelman in cash. I mean, Pittsburgh has allowed the most yards to slot wide. It's the third most fantasy points to them in eight touchdowns. Again, I look at that game with Keenan Allen. They continue to put a linebacker on Allen and he ate them up in the slot. So I think this is a tough spot for the Steelers defense. I like Juju, you know, Belichick does a good job of taking away Brown and the opposing team's tough player, top players. And Gilmore is probably going to be on, on Brown, but I like Juju and I like a lot of the New England players, man. Brady is $5,900 on DraftKings. Do you think $5,900 is too high? Where these uh, teams, I only say that because of where these two teams are right now. Neither, both of them have defensive issues. I think we can all agree on that. But at the same time, this is a big rivalry game. I, normally, I would go, yeah, 52. No, that's easy. They're going to blow past that. I'm, I don't know how I feel this this year about it. This year, I feel like these are two different versions of these teams, and I'm a little concerned that they might not hit that number. Yeah, it's it is a little high. I know. I kind of see it, it's such a good number. I see right at that like 27, 24, which kind of just flirts with it. It uh, does, and that's my that's my concern. Is it going to flirt yeah, with that? Yeah, I would I, I would take the over here. I would I, I I would I would just I feel like potentially a slow start with these two of these teams, but. I think we've seen before in the second half, it's they, they could just trade punches. Yeah. And this one, this one scares me a bit. I, I like, like white love Edelman. I'll tell you, I like Juju more than anybody else on the Pittsburgh side. I think oh, Juju is sure. the guy that gives them fits. They're going to do everything they can to take Antonio Brown out of this game, which means Juju all day. So it's Juju and Edelman on the receiving side of this one for sure. All right. We're going to hit a break. We come back. Chris and I are going to give you our favorite three at each position right here on the pre-snap on the line star app. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right. If you haven't already, make sure you've downloaded and are using the LineStar app. It's got all the great tools you need to set all your DFS lineups. Make sure you're out there. Download the app. Make sure you also get the newsletter, too because we all know Ryan Humphreys does his breakdowns on there, and Ryan's got Week 15 for you lined up as well. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at NitroDFS, and of course, you should be following the LineStar app on Twitter too, and if you're listening to us because you picked it up off Meanie's feed or my feed, make sure you go over and, and get in board right now with the LineStar app. It's not just football too. They got NHL and NBA coverage, and baseball is coming soon as well, so make sure you check that out. All right, let's start with our favorite three. Let's start with quarterback. Who are your favorite three quarterbacks in DFS this week, Chris? So I'm going, I am going to that Pittsburgh and New England game. I, I like Big Ben and, and tournaments. I think that without their run game, they're going to continue to throw the football uh, a ton with O'Connor playing. And and I think Brady is is a strong cash play. Again, at $5,900 on DraftKings, like there's no reason there should be seven or eight quarterbacks priced higher than them. So those are the two guys. I like Kirk Cousins in a bounce back spot in tournaments. I think you can roll Josh Allen in, in cash. And then my fade of the week is Matt Ryan. I just, 
not feeling Matt Ryan here. I think they're going to try to establish the run, but uh, he's just too expensive for me in a matchup against Arizona. All right. I'm fading Aaron Rodgers at 81 because yeah. I just, that's that number is a breakable number for me uh, on the high end of the scale. I love Andrew Luck because I think that's the shootout of the week. I really do. I, I think this other one with the Pats is going to be a little messy, but I think Andrew Luck and the Cowboys are going to just be trading blows back and forth here. I love Josh Allen. I mean, I just do at 76 over on the FanDuel side. I think he's priced very well. I think it's a good opportunity here. And, you know, when you're looking for the third one too, I, I want it to be different because I cousins was on my radar as well. But I think if I'm going to go on the other end, it's actually Dak. It's Dak at 7,300 over on the FanDuel side, because I think he is going to get into a bit of a pissing match here with Andrew Luck. <laughs> I think that's good in fantasy terms. And I think it's one that, well, everybody's talking about some of these bigger names and people will say, well, it's ugly. Yeah, it's ugly. But at the same time, I think the floor of Prescott is actually better than guys like Josh Allen, potentially. So I just want to key in on that. All right, running backs, uh, who you got here for us uh, this week? Yeah, it's hard not to, you know, roster Barkley and Elliott. I, both of these guys actually have pretty tough matchups. Tennessee and Indianapolis really good on the ground, but uh, I, I feel strong about both of them in cash. They're, they're getting tough. I mean, Elliott had 40 touches. Elliott had over 40 touches last week. It's unbelievable to think about. So those are the two mainstays for, for me, uh, the staples of my lineup. Joe Mixon, like Joe Mixon this week, I think he's in a, a really good spot um, to put up some points. And, and again, I'll go back to Delvin Cook. I, I think that they're going to try to establish a little bit of a run. He can catch as well. He's, he's had a few targets in, in the passing game. So I think that it, it's a sneaky little little tournament option. And um, someone I'm going to go with. And again, we talked about Kenneth Dixon. I think you can sprinkle him in, in, in just tournaments, tournaments alone. And uh, I suppose my fade, Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, that's a good one. It's just a tough Chicago defense. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough road. All right, I'm going to give you some lower guys. Derek Henry at 61 on FanDuel. I do think that they just keep rolling with him. I'll tell you, Jeff Wilson Jr. too against Seattle. You can run the football on Seattle a little bit. And although garbage time is still time, you know, it's yeah. still it's still stuff. I, I think Wilson can get a return on that 6,100. I think that's a, a lineup building type of guy. I don't love the upside, but I do think there's some opportunity there because, look, it's hard not to be in love with the top two guys this week. You already talked about him. But the third one for me is Mixon. Mixon's the other guy that I'm in, in love with this week. I just love the matchup against Oakland. I think they're going to utilize him a ton. Uh, especially, you know, without Dalton there. And the fade for me is Fournette. Chris is absolutely right. Since he's come back, he's been a very strong presence, putting up 20 for the most part, except for that game against Tennessee. However, I don't know. I just, I really just, I'm concerned with their ability to move the chains at all, even with Fournette. I just, I don't know if they can do enough overall to get me excited about Fournette this week, where he's priced, because he's priced basically just a notch below the other two guys. And if I'd, I'd rather just go up all the way. All right. Wide receivers. Who's your big three this week? Yeah. So a couple guys we've already talked about, you know, I'm putting together some of my cash lineups. It's just Juju and Edelman. I'm trying to find a way to get those two in my lineups. I think that they're going to lead the way in targets and catches for their teams and what could be a potential shootout. And it is the highest total on that main slate. So those are some guys that uh, I'm definitely looking at. I like T Y Hilton that you mentioned and Mari Cooper in that matchup as well. And I just to throw a small guy out there and, and a cheap affordable, somebody who's going to help, you know, put together your lineup is I think it's Jordy Nelson. I think Jordy Nelson is is in a decent spot here. I know he's had a, a really <laughs> mediocre season and he's completely no, lost. No, but hey, last couple of games he's shown up. So yeah, it's it's this it's bad defenses. We we talked about that potential high total game. So I think Jordy is you know he's forty two hundred dollars over on DraftKings and on FanDuel he's five thousand dollars. So that's basically as cheap as it comes. 
All right, my fade of the week. Did you hey, did you do the fade or no? I did not do oh, the fade. Oh, I'm calling you right. Julio. All right, that's a good one. Can't play, can't play Julio this week. All right, I can't play Antonio Brown this week. Not at 86 on the FanDuel side. Can't do it. Too much. It's just, I feel like that's what the Pats do. They always want to take out the number one guy. He's still the number one guy, for better or worse, at this point in time. And I just think that's that's Patriot football. That's how you do it. So uh, that being said, there are a lot of guys that I really like this week. Tyler Lockett's yeah, one of them at 67 on the FanDuel side. I love the touchdown upside for him. Uh, we mentioned Edelman before in a full point PPR over on DraftKings. I really like Edelman this week as well. And look, Amari Cooper's just 6,600. And I know there's still some inconsistencies there from time to time. But the big game upside in a game like this, I think is too huge not to want in your lineup. And at 66, I don't see it breaking you either if he doesn't have 35 points. So <laughs> I think yeah, no that's, kidding. that's a spot where if he was up at 75 or 78, I start to worry. But at 66 on FanDuel, it's too cheap. I mean, it's too cheap. Ownership's going to be high. I don't care. All right, tight end. Who's your favorite tight end of the week? You know, I actually like Gronk. Um, I think Gronk is, you know, he's down and he's priced, you know, $5,800 on DraftKings, $6,900 on FanDuel. I think a lot of the time people like to spend down, you know, in tournaments at the tight end position. But I think, you know, you can be contrarian this week to spend up. He's ate him up before in the past. He looks healthy at least. I know he's not fully, but at least two of the last three games, he's found the end zone. He's had some monster games. So I think Gronk paying up for him. Ebron is is as safe as they come. It's just the targets and the catches and the opportunity every single week for Eric Ebron without Jack Doyle involved. And I think Jared Cook as well. So those are yeah. three high-priced tight ends that I don't mind spending up for. And if you, you want have to, because the yeah. low end is just miserable. And, and there's nothing. Like, I want to say Vernon Davis to people, but where's the upside? Like, Jordan Reed's not going to play, but where's the – like, how many – are they going to be there able to no score upside. points? There's none there. So if you look at Vernon D- Davis, last week, four targets, four catches, 31 yards. Okay, that's 9.1 FanDuel or DraftKings points, slightly under on FanDuel. It's in the seven-point mark. That's it's not really good enough. But if you want to punt the position and you want a cheap play to get some other guys in, I think Davis could rack up a few catches with an experience. Well, it wouldn't shock me if like a Vance McDonald has a good game or something. Yeah, like that, but it doesn't make call. him a good investment. No, it's tough. And I'm with you. I mean, for me, Cook is my favorite guy of the week. That's where I'm going here. And as much as I love Kittle, it's a tough week to pay up because of what you have to do at running back this week. So exactly. Kittle's great, but I can't get there. And I don't think I have to because without Ertz and Kelsey on the slate, I'm really not chasing anybody at tight end. And Gronk has been better. You're right. That's definitely the way to go. All right. Who's your favorite defense of the week? Oh, I like Jacksonville a lot. Uh, I just don't feel like Washington's going to be able to move the football. I like the Bills and I like the Bears, man. I, if I'm playing over on Fandle at $3,700, I'm going to play the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw one more in there, too. I'm going to throw the Tennessee Titans in there because yeah. even though Barkley, I think, can have a great game, I could see the Titans doing some damage there to Mr. Eli Manning. And I think uh, between some sacks and between some picks, there's opportunity for that as well. And uh, look, defense is another one of these weeks where <laughs> you think defense and tight end you pay up for. And I think you just got to grin and bear it for the most part. Yes. Uh, and, and I don't know if there's one that I'm like really looking at to fade necessarily. I think Seattle might be one where... It might be a little bit of a sneaky play. I like Buffalo, but you got to pay for Buffalo too. I don't understand why the Redskins are at 4,600. That's I was just going to say that when you were done, I was like, Washington, that's a price third highest price defense on FanDuel. Like I'm not spending up for them. If it's $4,600, I'd rather spend the extra 200 on Jacksonville. It's absurd. Go up to Baltimore at five or just spend down on Bolt on Buffalo at $4,200. I mean, that is an absurd number. Yeah, there's know. no need of it. Yeah, I mean, as bad as Jacksonville might be offensively, I don't think he can go that route at all. Way too much. Not a good way to spend your money. That's for damn sure. All right, that'll do it for me and Chris Meany. You can follow us on Twitter 
at Chris Media and at Joe Pisa PS17. Check out all the great content over on the Line Star app as well. So check him out on the Twitter also. It's been great fun here. We'll be back again next week. That'll do it for us on the pre-snap. There's only one thing left to do, and that's set down win. You've heard from the DFS experts. Now go lock it in and win. We'll see you back here next week on the Line Star Pre-Snap Podcast with Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Continue the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week.